morning is going to be out of the book of Acts, chapter 4. Acts, chapter 4. And while you're turning there, just a few announcements for the, uh, the youth and young adults. Tonight, uh, because we canceled last week, we have rescheduled alumni night for tonight. Uh, so nothing else new or different about it, but if you are alumni of the youth program, come on out tonight. We'd love to have you. You're invited. Uh, we also want to make sure everybody knows about the escape room that is coming up at the end of this month. want to make sure the date is right because we had to change it once, but that is January 30th for the escape room. There's a lot of thought going on into this. It's going to be so much fun. If you don't know what an escape room is, we put you in a room and you have to figure out a mystery to be able to get back out. There's a lot of stuff that goes in, uh, that's involved with it. It's going to be so much fun. I'm super excited. Uh, I get to run through it once to make sure it makes sense, uh, which probably won't help because I'm not very good at these things. But <laughs> well, hopefully I'll have a little bit of help to get myself out of the escape room. So that's coming up January 30th. That's a Saturday. I'm super, super excited about that. Um, also, we want to make sure for young adults uh, meeting this week at 6 o'clock for our meal, our monthly meal before the, uh, the um, elder meeting. Uh, so all that to be said, super excited for the escape room. Anyway, Acts chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 13 and go to verse 22. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could, not, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus, but since they could see the, uh, the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing they, the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. What should we do with these men, they asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign, and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come together and worship you through song and prayer uh, and hearing your word, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would prepare our hearts today to accept your word. Lord, bless the words coming from Pastor Doug. We pray that it would be your truth we hear this morning, Lord. Lord, we also want to lift up those in our congregation who, um, who might not be here today who, and some who are here today. We pray for the hearts and minds, those going through uh, painful situations, whether it be to the, the loss of a loved one or uh, financial insecurity, Lord, or, or health in general. Um, Lord, we pray for these, these people. I ask that you would make your presence so evident to them today. Lord, bring them comfort. Uh, be with them as they mourn. And Lord, uh, Lord, help their spirits today. Lord, we pray for the, the rest of this service. Lord, let it be a blessing to our hearts and minds today. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 
Yes, please keep in mind, I'm sure you've all heard by now that Chuck Bingaman's mom went to be with the Lord uh, yesterday. It was a long bout that she had with pneumonia, and she succumbed to the, the weakness and the frailty of the physical. But now she is rejoicing in the strength of the physical, of the spiritual. So remember the Bingaman family as well as the Phillips family. We all know that the loss of a brother and a son there, Steve, also went to be with the Lord. And all of the hindrances that he had physically, those stayed here. Because now he is rejoicing in all that he has in Jesus Christ. So remember those two families in prayer this week, please. This morning I want to come to you, or at least we come to lay the capstone, if you will, of our particular study that we started a few months ago entitled Dry Bones Dancing. It has been my desire, and I hope that it's also been your desire, to embrace a renewing of our spiritual vitality. We've looked at how that is accomplished, but I want to draw our attention quickly back to Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm going to read for you a few verses, beginning at verse 11 and going through to verse 14. They said, Then he, God said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, Our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you unto the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. And I will put my Spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it, and performed it, says the Lord. God was going to put His Spirit back into them. So that they would know that He is the Lord God of glory. In the most recent days, I wonder if some of us have begun to wonder what is God up to. It doesn't look very promising, but I will promise you this. Across this pulpit, there will never be said, Amen and Ah Woman. That is not going to happen. That was the opening prayer of this session, the 117th session of Congress. And an individual who offered that prayer was praying to a demonic deity when he said, Amen, and a woman. 
There's no life that comes from that. Our life is in Jesus Christ. And it is by His Spirit, as He said in Ezekiel chapter 37, and in verse 14, I will put My Spirit in you. Bring you back to life, O Israel. And I say that to the church too. He'll put the Spirit back in us. As long as there's some things that we do. We seek after Him, we, He may be found. But this morning I want to put the capstone on, and it's this. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 20, he says, Because we are ambassadors, God Himself will speak through us in order to bring, if you will, individuals to Jesus Christ. We are God's mouthpiece. But what I found out, some of the most exciting moments of my life is when I get to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And tell individuals how they can know for sure that when they die, they can go and be with Christ in heaven. I've had the privilege of before this past year, of going to hospitals and seeing individuals who literally were on their 11th hour. And when you walk in and you say, I'm not going to waste much time because I don't know how much time you got, but I'm here to tell you one thing, that Jesus Christ died for you. And He loves you. And He wants you to come to His heaven. And you get to share the gospel with them. They can't respond. But I say, if you understand these things, and if you trusted Christ as your Savior, would you squeeze my hand? And sometimes I wonder if i got broken fingers. There's no greater joy than sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to set the stage for you, to set the context of Acts chapter 4, which Pastor Steve read for us, you have to understand that chapter 3 and chapter 4 go together. Chapter 3, we find out that Peter and John are about to go into the temple of Jerusalem to pray. And as they're entering there, there is a lame man at the gate. The lame man gets brought there every day so that he may do one thing and one thing only, and that's ask for money. He's pleading for alms to satisfy his physical needs. And yet when James, or I'm sorry, when John and Peter arrive, he asks them the same thing. It's interesting that Peter, as it's recorded for us in Acts chapter 3, he says, looky here. That's the Greek translation of what we have here. Looky here. And the man expecting that he's going to get something, but what he got was a whole lot better than what he was asking for. Peter said, silver and gold we don't have. But what we do have, I'll give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up. And walk. 
Then it says Peter reached down and grabbed his hand and lifted him. And the text says that all of a sudden the ankle bones began to be remade. Dead bones began to dance. Because it says after that, he wasn't letting go of Peter. He had a hold of Peter and he was jumping and hollering about Jesus in the temple. So much so that a crowd began to gather because they recognized this individual. And all of a sudden, Peter preaches another sermon. And he calls upon the individuals there to remember that it's only by Jesus Christ. Not by us, no power that we have, but only in Jesus Christ can this man be made whole. Amazing thing, though, you get to chapter 4, and this man doesn't leave their side. He's hanging on not for dear life, he's hanging on because he's got everlasting life. And see, when you begin to preach the name of Jesus Christ, you're going to have trouble. My friend Curtis here, he's the only one saying amen this morning. You know who he is? He's right here. We've been to New York City together numerous times. In fact, the last time we were there, we, we were on top of one of the towers two months before it came down. Telling people about Jesus. And there are some people that you start talking about Jesus, that you got to have an escape plan. You never go up to a black Israelite and start talking about Jesus. Pretty soon you'll be surrounded by individuals and all of them got knives. But when you begin to talk about Jesus, you are in the middle of what God's called us to do. To be ambassadors. What we have in chapter 4 is a demonstration of boldness. And I love the passage. I wish I could spend more time in, 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 in just bringing out some of the richness of it. But Father, time is not allowing me to do so. Else, maybe one of these Sundays I'll be preaching from the nursery uh, to keep the nursery workers happy. And I thank God for them and for the ladies and men who teach junior church. I thank God for them. And, and I dare not take advantage of them by going too far over. Notice I said too far over. But what happened in the fourth chapter of Acts is that as Peter is preaching, some individuals come and take hold of him and John, and by the way, the one who's been healed. And they haul him off to prison because they didn't like the way they were talking about Jesus and the resurrection from the dead. That's interesting, one of the groups there, the Sadducees. You might remember one time in the Gospel that 
some of the Sadducees came to Jesus and asked him about the resurrection. They said, there's a guy who has a wife, and the culture of that day was if the husband dies and there's no offspring, that the next brother has to take her. And they put it down to seven times, Lord have mercy. And they said, when we get to heaven, whose wife is she going to be? Sadducees asked that question. Here's the interesting thing. Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. Isn't it interesting that you'll start uttering things that you don't believe just to try to trap someone who does believe? These individual Sadducees, along with the captain of the of the uh, temple and the priest, they all got together and they got Peter and John and the man who's leaping, whose dry bones are dancing. They put him in prison. The next day, they bring them out. And the reason I know that the, the individual who was crippled is there because he says, they said, he stands right here. He's a living witness. He's right here. We can't deny that. Notice Peter's words in chapter 4, verse 8. They ask him, by what power or by what name have you done this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done, to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all. They're from Texas, you all. Let it be made known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Boldness. Boldness is sometimes demonstrated in acts that we figure, what is wrong with that boy? Here, boldness is described as an empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be able to do something that you wouldn't normally do. To stand in front of the magistrates. Which is amazing about this because Jesus told His disciples that when you do stand in front of the magistrates, don't worry about what you're going to say. I'll give you the words. And here they proclaimed it. Boldly. I'm nobody in this world. The only degree I have is 98.3. That's all I got. But I would love the opportunity to go into the House of Representatives and set some things straight. 
by proclaiming that it is Jesus Christ that we ought to be worshiping. I'd love to give me the opportunity to stand before the senators. They don't know me. That's fine. I don't know half of them either. But I would love to be able to tell them about Jesus. And if you want to have a hope, if you want to have unity in this country, it better come on the strings of Jesus Christ and the Gospel. Because that's all we got. Boldness. What's even more amazing is these religious leaders, after they excused the three, had a conversation. And it's something like this. What are we going to do? They were amazed because they first understood that Pete and John didn't have an education. They didn't go to Bible college and they didn't go to seminary or cemetery, whichever one you want. They didn't have a library of theological books. They were uneducated, untrained, and yet notice what they said about them. But we perceive that they've been with Jesus. Oh, there could be no greater testimony than that, that they've been with Jesus. How do you get to be with Jesus? One of the ways is right here. We come to worship Him. Have fellowship one with another. Your faces and your presence here in the sanctuary, in the middle room, and, and in the fellowship hall, and even at home watching on YouTube is strengthening to my soul. Blesses my heart. It gives me, if you will, fuel to continue on. Understanding what those small group ministries could do brings joy to my life. To think that as a church we're breaking up in smaller groups and, and we're getting into and we're digging in the Word of God and we're having fellowship one with another and then we're looking how we can help somebody else. That's the goal of the small group ministries. Fellowship. The second reality is this. Read His Word. It's right here. It's all right here. It's like Heinz 57. It's right here. It's all in there. Every aspect. And Paul writes that for us and 2 Timothy 3.16, that the Word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God, that mankind of God, can be fully and thoroughly equipped. It's right here. And the last way is prayer. Pray. You want to know what's going to turn this country around? When we get a hold of the footstool of God on His throne and won't let go, you watch what God will do. But first we have to be willing ambassadors. 
you want an interesting study, do a study in the Scriptures concerning what an ambassador is. An ambassador is someone who lives in a foreign land and is commissioned by his home country. Paul tells us in Philippians that we are citizens of heaven. That's home country. We're only here as ambassadors for a short time. The ambassador is supposed to speak what he is commanded to speak. And we're supposed to talk about Jesus. The Gospel is not based upon knowing God. The Gospel is not based upon coming to church. All those things are good. But the gospel and gospel alone is based upon the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Who, it says, whosoever calls upon His name shall be saved. It's recorded here by Luke in Acts chapter 4 and in verse 12. Pastor Steve didn't get to read this one. I thought I'd leave a little bit of ammunition for myself when it says, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby anyone can be saved. It's Christ and Christ alone. And it's simply this. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and, in his, and His life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. And he who has not the Son of God has not life. 1 John 5, 11 and 12. In verse 13, we dare not forget that for it says, These things I've written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. And believe in the name of the Son of God. That's boldness. That's boldness to be able to stand even before a black Israelite in all of his garb and say, it's Christ and Christ alone. Oh, the intensity built. For they figured there's nothing that they could do, but what they could do is threaten them. You will not preach or teach in this name ever again. Did they really think Peter was going to change his answer? They they just got done telling them and and he told them. And and you recognize that that Peter says, "Um, guys, we're not listening to you. Because... No one fights against God and wins. It's Jesus. That's who He is. Don't you find it interesting that Muslims are never told they can't talk about Muhammad? Buddhists are never told they can't speak about Buddha. New Age people are never squelched and speaking of their gods or goddesses. 
But when it comes to Jesus, we dare not speak in that name. But I'm here to tell you this morning that if you want true freedom, it's in Jesus Christ. In Christ alone. So what do we do? I love what Peter did. He prayed for boldness. We didn't get to those words, but you'll notice in chapter 4, verse 29, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Look at their threats, God, and bring them to nothing. We want boldness. The boldness. They prayed. Now, sometimes over the pulpit, I hope that there's some, some times that you feel convicted. And this is one of these times. You know what would bring honor and glory and the movement of the power of God in this local assembly is this. If we would gather together one Tuesday a night and pray together. More than two or three that show up I'm talking groups of people. I don't throw that out there to blanket you with a guilt trip. That's not my style. But I will say this, if you want to sense the power of God and Him moving in our presence, then we've got to grasp onto the throne of God by prayer. And I can prove that to you because the verse I stopped at, verse 31, what it says, and when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the Word of God with boldness. Boldness. If you want to know what Ezekiel 37 and verse 14 is all about, about how God says, I will fill you with my Spirit so that you will know that I am the Lord your God. That's a call to prayer. And I'd love to see you all there. We can hold prayer meeting here in the sanctuary, can't we, brother? We can hold it right here. We don't have to limit ourselves to room 7. And if this gets too big and too many come in here, that's okay. We can live stream. We got it all going on here. But what we need is you to be here to pray for boldness. Because I'm here to tell you this morning, dear people, what's coming down the pike may very well limit us from even being able to meet here. We have supposedly a president elected 
and a vice president elected, who, by the way, is not even a citizen of the United States. You didn't all know that. She wasn't born here in the United States. She was born in Canada. She didn't take the citizenship course. But now she's vice president. Maybe. It ain't the 20th of January yet. God may be doing something, man. Hang on. Watch out what will happen. But you know what? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we seeded that January the 20th with prayer? Watch God shake the foundations and see Him move in ways that even the Democrats would stand back and scratch their heads. Enough of political talk. Let's get to spiritual talk. It's about Jesus. And we have the greatest message from hometown to us as ambassadors to teach and preach that in Christ, in Christ alone, is hope for all eternity. Now what do we do? Now is the time. Now is the time, if I may read for you an account. Now is the time that boldness comes into play. Maybe it's a simple prayer like this. Lord, here I am. An empty vessel. I invite You to fill me. I give you permission to create an opportunity for me to speak on behalf of Jesus Christ. I don't know much, but I ask you to help me to communicate the little that I do know in the best way that I can. That's asking God for boldness. To be no greater joy than for you to share your faith that no one can take away from you. Tell people what it is that Jesus has done for you. Because that quote on the top of your study guide there, you can be bold in speaking about Jesus if you know what Jesus can do. And you know what He can do because it's happened to you and you've seen it happen to others. No greater joy. None whatsoever. I've said it before, I'll say it again. The only thing that we can take to heaven are other people. And by the grace and power of God, may we commit ourselves to sharing our faith, telling them about Jesus for His honor and glory. Stand together, shall we, as we close this service in prayer. Thank You, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank You, Lord, for making me whole. Thank You, Lord, for giving 
thy great salvation so rich and free. Blessings to you all. You are dismissed.